3: and Welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, MMA Fighting's matchmaking extravaganza of a podcast as we attempt to make sense of and predict the futures for some of the notable names coming out of Saturday night's UFC Vegas 14 event. It was an interesting card to say the least. Main event was quite entertaining. Co-main event provided a knockout of the year candidate and there was some... Definitely some creative post event matchmaking in store for us today. With that, I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always in this venture, the co host, co matchmaker, the best friend in the Prince of Positivity, Canada's own, Alex Kaylee. AK, good to see you, man, and and to hear you as always, my friend. Yes,
4: my best friend, Mike Heck. Thank you for that. Always, always lovely introduction. Uh, It was, and for us, uh, uh, in the matchmaking world, an interesting card today because in one sense, I think this is going to pretty be a pretty free and breezy episode because uh, some lesser-known fighters. So it's pretty much a wide-open book for a lot of these uh, fighters that we're going to talk about as far as who we can match them up with. On the other hand, is also a little difficult because uh, again, they're they're so in the thick of like the mid-tier or lower part of the rankings. There's maybe two dozen possibilities for, for a lot of these <laughs> fighters here we're going to talk about. So, but look, we take our our jobs as uh, fake professional matchmakers very, very seriously. And uh, while normally, you know, some of these fighters would be on the prelims and we 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 wouldn't really mention them, a lot of them were cast into the main card spotlight this time, and thus must be discussed as uh, as is our as is our duty. So, uh, very much looking forward to people hearing our ideas for these these fighters.
3: Yes, and uh, I saw a lot of ideas from the peeps. We'll get to those in a little while, but as always here on this program, let us begin with the main event. Hafiel dos Anjos, former UFC lightweight champion of the world, returns to 155 for the first time in four or so years. He had the lightweight title, lost it to Eddie Alvarez, then lost to Tony Ferguson, and then had a pretty successful bump up to 170. That included wins over great fighters like Neil Magny, like Robbie Lawler, and earned himself an interim welterweight title fight and lost to Colby Covington in said title fight, lost to Kamara Usman, finished Kevin Lee, and then he dropped decisions to Leon Edwards and Michael Chiesa. The guy has fought, like we talked about on the the post-fight show, you said it yourself, he's fought Murderer's Row in both divisions, but decided, you know what, now is the time to make the move back to 155. And as everybody knows right now, he's supposed to fight Islam Makachev. And on five days' notice, it became Paul Felder, and RDA looked pretty damn good on Saturday night. I believe he closed as a 2-1 to favorite, and it proved to be a, a pretty accurate line as he picked up a... <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this as lightly as possible, a split-decision win because a judge out there somehow, way, scored this fight for Paul Felder, which is absolutely absurd. But uh, after the win, AK, he calls out Conor McGregor. He shoots for the stars. That obviously caught McGregor's attention, we all know that all signs are pointing towards McGregor versus Dustin Poirier in January. That fight is pretty much a done deal for UFC 257. McGregor said he'll fight RDA after. But I think we can all agree that McGregor will very likely not be Dos next fight. So what do you think will be RDA's next fight following his win over Paul Felder?
4: Yeah, I think it won't be McGregor who said, I don't think it'll be his next next fight either. I think McGregor is very quick to respond to people's challenges. He loves saying on Twitter how he'll fight anyone, uh, especially when someone calls him out, and then it never actually materializes anything. So, so I, it was great for him to acknowledge it because that's still a fight. I'd like to see someday. Of course, we all know you know that 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 should have happened before. It Became the Nate Diaz fight, which is fine, and it changed the, and changed the course. That fight not happening maybe changed the course of MMA history forever. Uh, so I still want to see it happen. One of those great unanswered questions. But I. I feel like we brought this up on the show, the Saturday's post-fight show, but I don't remember why... Uh, I don't remember if it was shut down, so tell me if I'm crazy with this. I kind of want to see RDA fight Justin Gaethje. I don't know if people think it's too high right now, because uh, you know, uh, whether uh, M- M- Habib might be retired or not, but either way, Gaethje is kind of still the number one contender. Yeah, he lost in pretty definitive fashion, but not so much that I would drop him behind the rankings and, you know, some of the people he beat. Uh, again, maybe the poor A. McGregor uh, winner, of course, leapfrogs him, but... I still see Gaethje as number one contender. So, and I think RDA is worthy of that. I know it's his first win at lightweight in so long, over four years, uh, and it would look, you know, like oh, well, he lost four of his last five fights before that at welterweight. Fine. I think it's a great style matchup. I think it's a fight. Dos Anjos can win. I think. I think he has the uh, the Poirier uh, Alvarez technique to to actually beat Gaethje. At the same time, I think Gaethje could absolutely knock his block off. So, from a, just from a stylistic matchup, and one that I think would have a major impact on the rankings. Uh yeah, I, I'd like to see RDA gate to you. I think it'd be interesting.
3: RDA looked good. He made weight, had the gas tank, put on a grueling pace for 25 minutes against a really tough guy in Paul Felder. And I don't want to take anything away from the win because he did look good. He did take a new fight on five days notice, which should be commended. But he also beat a guy who hadn't been in an MMA gym in four months. I mean, it's just It just is what it is. And still... Felder was game as hell. RDA got a win over the number seven ranked guy in the division, regardless of training camp and all that. He's still the number seven ranked guy in the division. Paul Felder put pen to paper. It has to count for something. Now he deserves a fight with somebody in that top six range for sure. He wants Connor. I think, unfortunately, like you said, unless something that is not supposed to happen happens, I don't see that fight taking place anytime soon. And, uh, you mentioned Justin Gaethje. I've seen that name thrown out a lot. I don't think that fight happens anytime soon either because my hunch is that is going to get the winner of McGregor Poirier, especially if Conor McGregor wins. There, That seems to be like a dream matchup that the UFC is looking at to book those two guys together, especially with Habib's future so up in the air. So, I think there are two options here. One, Dan Hooker is a lot of fun. He, yes, he's coming off the loss to Poirier. In a super fun fight, but I mean, he's a top five guy. That's a good step up for RDA. I could definitely see that happening maybe on Fight Island. The other option, which would also probably take place on the island, Charles, Charles Oliveira deserves a big fight, man. Like the, the, This would be that... And then some taking on a former champion. The guy's won seven fights in a row. He should get an opportunity to face somebody like an RDA. And RDA deserves an opportunity to fight a guy that's in the top six. So Oliveira to me would be option A. Hooker would be option B. And if they book the Gaethje fight, I'd certainly watch it. I just don't see that happening anytime soon. But all those are good options. RDA's got a a plethora of, of options that would all be equally as fun and interesting at the same time.
4: Yeah, for some reason, I think of all the names we both mentioned, I feel like Hooker is the most likely. I don't know why. I've just got this weird feeling Hooker's going to at some point maybe call for the fight this week and kind of get those gears in motion. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for Hooker for sure. RDA maybe might view it as a little bit of a step back, depending again where where you view him. I, I now have him firmly back in the top five of the rankings. But I also like the Oliveira matchup because the guy he leapfrogged to get in the top five for me was, uh, was the Bronx. So I'd like to see that settled. Uh, Oliveira, yes, would love to face a former champion. Um, but i don't know yeah i'm i'm getting a weird feeling about the hooker thing like i said i think i i i for gatege i think you picked uh you picked oliveira but uh i think hooker i think hooker's going to get it
3: my like first choice would be michael Chandler. but that's mm-hmm. not going to happen like the all everything's pointing towards Chandler versus tony ferguson i think the is going to do everything that they can to yeah. make that fight happen december january or whenever um but, I, I, yeah, I think Hooker's got a really good shot at getting that fight. But on the flip side— RDA, yeah. RDA
4: should, should be ready to step into any of these matchups, by the way. Uh, yeah. He seems like a guy who's always in shape. So, it, it, as we're matchmaking, just get ready to hear RDA steps in on one week, two weeks notice for any, so any of these spec, you know possible top 10 lightweight fights.
3: Yeah, especially now. In, in this day and age, he's got to be ready if he wants to mm-hmm. get those opportunities. But on the flip side, we have one Paul Felder who was gallant in his effort, still has that— f- Irish dragon fire inside of that belly of his. He's not done yet. Took a risk with this one. He knew he was taking a risk. It didn't pay off, but I think he gained uh, a little bit of popularity. A lot of new fans, despite the loss. F- so for me, I think a fight with Al Iaquinta is the way to go. They'll, they're By Tuesday, they'll probably be ranked 8-9. and RDA is going to probably jump in there. Diego Fajardo will probably take over the number 7 spot. Felder will probably drop to 8. Iaquinta is there at 9. He's ready to come back in 2021. That's a fight the UFC is interested in. They did offer it to Felder earlier this year and he turned it down because he wasn't sure if he would ever even fight again. But uh now you can do it. I think we'd all enjoy it. You know, IQint is fun, Felder's fun. I think it's a great fight. What'd say you AK? Yeah, I think I think we figured this one
4: out. I think I think we figured something out for two two guys, two veterans who uh, are looking for, obviously, a fight that makes sense for them uh, at this point in their careers, one that's marketable, one that stylistically would be fun for both of them. I don't think Felder would have to worry about uh, getting out-wrestled and, and, and sort of held down as he was on Saturday. Uh, i I, I, Quinta, I don't think, would, would utilize that strategy. Uh, and and, and if rankings-wise, I, I have them around the same area. Again, I don't know how people do their rankings, but I imagine most people have Felder and Iaquinta somewhere in the 8 to eight to 15 range, um, unless they've removed Iaquinta for inactivity, which, in which I don't think. I think it's too early to do that. So, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if you'll need to overthink this one. I think both guys would want it. I think Felder would want it now that he's in a, l- a little bit of a mini slump. I mean, the hooker fight was really close. You could say he won that one, but technically two straight losses. And uh, I can definitely, I was also mentioned
0: Felder before and I'm, I'm sure he'd be down for that, but probably sometime next year. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more.
2: that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
3: As we go to the star of the night, in most people's opinions, one chaos Williams, who in his second UFC fight gets a co-made event opportunity. And man, did that guy ever deliver. Knocking out Abdul Razak Al-Hassan in just 30 seconds. A one-punch, stellar knockout. One of the best KOs of the year. The man is 2-0 in the UFC. Two knockouts, 57 seconds total of octagon time. This is a very dangerous individual and a very interesting player now at 170 pounds. What is next for the man, AK, with not one but two nicknames following that ridiculous knockout.
4: Okay, this guy, along with, uh, this guy I think might've been the hardest person to match make. which sounds weird, because it should be easy, it's so much fun, you know, when you see a guy make such a statement like that. His second straight statement, by the way. Uh, but, but again, uh, it's, I have him like, you know, in, in the middle of the rankings where he belongs, because I know when people see a knockout like this, or a Joaquin Buckley, you know, a Joaquin Buckley thing, it's like, oh, I want to see them face a top 20 guy right away, I want to see them do this to like a name that I actually like really know. And I I just think it's too soon. So I struggled. I struggled. I I think um, one name that that made a lot of sense, which was brought up uh, uh, on YouTube uh, during our post-fight show, Nico Price, which would just be fun. Nico Price versus anyone is fun. So Nico (laughs) Price versus chaos would be absolute chaos. But I settled on – there's a lot of names, and I'm sure you'll bring some up, so I don't want to step on your toes. I settled on uh, a fight that's happening in a couple of weeks, the winner of uh, Miguel Baeza, Takashi Sato. I know neither guy is a name – that uh, that people are necessarily household right now that have a lot of, or have a lot of heat behind them. I think Baez is a great prospect. I think people are really really sleeping on him. Um, but I think the winner of that fight, preferably Baeza, we'll see, uh, would would be a really good uh, matchup for Chaos. I think you'd see another highlight real knockout, one way or the other. And again, I want to bring Chaos along slowly. I uh, you know me, my rule is almost always three and zero in the UFC. Then we talk about uh, moving up top thirty, top twenty, and higher than that. So uh, I want to see him get one more win against another tough guy.
3: There's a part of me that kind of wishes that his fights were reversed like he fought Hassan first yeah. and then fought yeah. Murano because beating Alex Murano when he did I think Murano was on like a five fight winning streak at the time he was like just outside the top 15. he was mm-hmm. right there on the cusp and Chaos Williams knocked him out in 27 seconds so like that should have put him kind of in that position and then he's been off for you know nine you know eight nine months since since that knockout you know people kind of forgot about him. But he reminded people very quickly and very emphatically just who the hell he is, AK. That was impressive. Knocked that guy stiff. I hope uh, Alisson is okay after all of that because that was a a pretty scary knockout. He wasn't even there for the decision being read afterwards. But uh, I made my pick on Twitter. I'd like to see him get the Blah Muhammad fight. Sean Brady was supposed to fight him on December 19th. Chaos has a lot of buzz to him right now. He knocked out Alex Morano in his debut, like we said, in 27 seconds And this knockout. These are legit fighters that he put away very, very quickly. And obviously, this is a super risky fight for Bilal Muhammad, no doubt about it. But 170 is just loaded right now, and I think this would be a suitable replacement for a guy like Sean Brady, another interesting prospect. If not, I don't know, maybe a Randy Brown. Lyman Good would be fun. Nico Price, like you said, that would be fun too because Nico against anybody would be mad, would just be awesome. And then throwing a guy like Chaos in there, I mean that's his name after all muhammad for me top choice fill him in if he could flip for december 19th let's see if chaos is for real for real if not i think people just want to see him again give him fun fights and if he goes in there on short notice and fights below muhammad and loses they'll really think it hurts his stock too much A.K. remember the
4: name versus remember the man with two nicknames uh chaos Williams, aka ox is ox fighter ox fighter the ox fighter fantastic both fantastic Uh, Muhammad's really in a difficult spot because, uh, he's, he's got him, he's fought himself to the level where he wants to call out big names, but a lot of them don't want to fight him and other he has enough of a name that a lot of fighters below him are now calling him out and, and calling for fights. So, he's in a really really tough spot. And like like on paper I don't love the cast match. I love it from an in standpoint, but as far like for his career, I don't love it. But again, he it's like at some point he has to fight someone. You don't want to get Leon Leon Ed, Edwards did, did did as they say <laughs> and just be too picky and then suddenly you find yourself you find yourself magically unranked. So, uh yeah, I have no problem with that match. Like I said, it, it wouldn't be my pick. I'd love to see Muhammad get a top 20, top 30 guy. It just doesn't seem like anyone's jumping in to, to sign him or, or they keep get, finding other fights for themselves because it, it's, it's a very deep division, right? So they have other options outside of him, uh, and he's a very dangerous guy to fight. So I have no problem with that. One name I think we we also mentioned was uh, Munir Lazez. Yeah. I believe like because the two guys who just beat Ahasan, uh, I think Lazez, I want to see him fight again soon. Stylistically, great. And, uh, I, again, I've kind of put them right next to each other in the rankings just because of who they've beaten. So um, I have chaos above him, of course. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of options for Chaos, as you said. And I think we'll be seeing that for a few of the other names that we're we're about to discuss.
3: For sure. Uh, poor Bilal Muhammad. Just guy. That it's Brady tough. fight was great. He, yeah. he gets ranked in the top 15 for like an hour and a half just until Leon Edwards decided to fight Hamza Shemaev. <laughs> and then he was taken out of the rankings like an hour and a half later. Just crazy. It's tough, so lazy. No man's land. He's in no man's land right now. But I think I, I think yeah. after that knockout, law would get like a lot of credit for taking that fight too. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, yep. again, tough spot for him to be in. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, it's it's a step up, not a giant step up, I, I would say, compared to Alex Morano, but a really good test for both guys. Uh, so I like that one. But let us move ahead to Ashley Yoder, who picked up a unanimous decision win over Miranda Granger. Yoder, I was a, a little bit excited because I got to, she showed some spunk, some. Uh, some, some some aggression in that third round, and especially in the final few minutes. Nearly got her first UFC finish, and had she had another five to ten seconds, she would have gotten that finish, and she snaps a two-fight losing streak. So I was kind of going through Twitter, and people were complaining about the fight and the placement, which is nobody's fault, by the way. I mean, there were injuries, no. there were illnesses, there were weight-cutting weight mishaps, so there were a lot of fights that fell off this card. Ashley Oder is now three and five in the UFC, but if you really go back and like look at her 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 work and her resume, the record isn't indicative of what she's shown overall. I was there for her UFC debut on super short notice. I think it was like a week's notice. She fought Justine Kish in Albany, New York, and I thought Yoder got the big fat hose job from the judges. I thought she won that fight pretty handily. But the decision went against her. Then she had a really close fight with Angela Hill. Thought she lost that one, but it was competitive. She goes to a split decision with Mackenzie Dern, another one that was super close. And then doing my research last night, AK, you scored that one for Ashley Yoder on MMA decisions. You were the only only journalist. I'm the (laughs) only one. You were the only one. But it was a really close fight. I scored it for Dern, but it was a really close fight. And it was like the first time Mackenzie Dern was, was really tested. Then she beats Amanda Cooper. Another close fight. Then she 30-24s Sayuri Kondo. And then loses a close split decision to Rana Marcos. And then lost a pretty pretty clear decision to uh, Lavinia Souza. So, look, I I, I know the fight wasn't great. But it was good to see her show something in that final round. I think she has a lot of natural ability. I think she's a really great athlete. But she's got to access that darkness a little bit, AK. She needs to turn that switch on and be a little scarier in there. And if she does, I think she's going to find herself in a better spot winning more of these decisions. So one thing I do know is the UFC likes Ashley Yoder. They re-signed her prior to the Sousa fight. They think there's some potential there. I think there's some potential there as well. But she needs to fight somebody who will help access that aggressive side. Like, Angela Hill sort of brought that out of her. Like, she punched her in the face a few times. Ashley Oder's like, oh, man, I got to... I got to start throwing punches back, and I got to start being aggressive if I want to win this fight. So I I absolutely in no way, shape, or form, I do not want to launch her anywhere near the top 15, especially in this division. So I want to give her someone who will punch her in the face and sort of bring that aggression out of her. So I have two options. One, Hannah Cyphers. Yes, I know Hannah has had a very, very tough 2020, but let's let Hannah take some time, let her hit the refresh button into 2021, Cyphers will punch her right in the mush. And if Yoder's not ready for it, she could be in, a, in for a very long night. So I don't mind that matchup at all. I think that's kind of like a good step, especially if the UFC is invested in Yoder and they like her. That's a good test for her to see if she'll open up that aggression a little bit. The other is, uh, I like Jin Yu Fry. I like Jin Yu Frey. I think that's a good matchup because for, former Invicta champ, Jin needs to win badly. Jin's got great standup. I think we keep Yoder sort of in that same spot for this next fight that's my long-winded history and matchmaking idea for the spider monkey what do you think it's kind of tough to matchmake for her right now
4: i do not think people expected to hear what's going to become a combined 10 minutes about ashley yoder this week but guess what people, you're getting it all right she's on the main <laughs> card she's on the main card she got a win she deserves it um not not always look i'll i okay, i'm just gonna extend this yoder chat even further not always <laughs> the most exciting fights okay fine but I think she's a grinder in like the best, and I mean that in the nice, in the like most positive way. Uh, she again, like I said, thrown right into the fire. Uh, five fights uh, into her career, thrown right into the uh, first, uh, and one Invicta fight uh, where she beat Amber Brown. who's very good, by the way. Uh, and then yeah, thrown into was again some crazy names which you listed. So I would look more at her last. Her last five fights, three and two, reckon her last five fights. If you want to cast in a little bit of a more positive light, because I do feel like you can split it between. There's like two errors for her right now. Her first three fights, which of course were tough and losses, and then her last five UFC fights, three and two, not not terrible. Uh, at first, 30-24, as you mentioned, in in uh, UFC uh, strawweight history, and then almost got a 27-26, uh, which <laughs> was then, unfortunately corrected yesterday. Uh, she did not get a 27-26 because that made no sense. Uh, but it was announced on the broadcast originally. So, uh, yeah, I like those. Mat- Hannah C- Cyphers has got to be released, though, right? I mean, if she's going to get seasoning, can it not be back in the regional scene? Can it not be, you know, can she not get some... I think she's still around, man. I don't th- I don't think she I, I know, her name. she hasn't. No, she has not been officially released. But I assume... We can't throw this poor woman in the octagon again. It's just... She's lost her
3: last four fights. I don't know. Well, don't put her in there with, like, these wild and crazy... I know crazy submission artists like don't be putting her in there with Mackenzie Dern I know. <laughs> Ver- I, I like janda jandaroba put her in there with Ashley Yoder that's that's I'll, okay I like fry I actually hadn't really
4: thought about that one for some reason but I, I I'll go with another uh maybe not the most exciting matchup but I like I think Mizuki would be a good test Mizuki inui uh she's I just have her a little bit higher in the rankings I think it's a matchup it would probably be more well you know look Mizuki's coming off a loss yoder's coming off a win so Mizuki would probably be pretty heavily favored in that matchup but if we're going, uh, someone who's coming off a loss, coming off a win, I think you could do a lot worse than that. And like we said, if Yoder can tap into just a little, a little different side of her, who knows, who knows, she might be able to win that fight. And that'd be a big statement. If she, if she excuse me, if she could beat, uh, someone who's experienced Mizuki, that'd be huge. So a lot of good options for, for Yoder. I think that, you know, once you, anyone outside the top 20, some pretty decent options and, uh, good for her. Good for her for scraping, scraping out that win on the main card, you know?
3: she's just such a nice person that it's like hard for, she's got like, I mean, she's just got like natural ability and she goes off of that and she knows that she's still kind of green in the sport. And she's like, she said on the post by learning on the job as with each of these fights, but eventually you just gotta, you know, you just gotta open that up. So you shot, like when she gets angry and she gets fired up, she can fight a little bit. I mean, she can, she could definitely fight, but just accessing that side, it seems to be her biggest problem. But, uh, We'll see what happens there as we move ahead to a man that was out of the sport for two years plus after a gnarly motorcycle accident. And in a two-week stretch, he has two victories, including a second-round finish of Brendan Allen on Saturday, which is super impressive. Sean Strickland, this man is on a roll, looking better than ever. He's up a weight class. This one was like up a weight class and a half at 195 pounds, but... Brennan is, is no joke, man. I had him probably ranked like 16 or 17. He had won eight in a row. He finished. This is a guy who finished, put away Kevin Holland a little over a year ago in Boston. And now Holland's looking to go 5-0 and in 2020. He's about to main event a fight night card against Jack Hermanson. So Brendan Allen has been super impressive. This win was phenomenal for Sean Strickland. What do you see being his next move with all this momentum right now?
4: Yeah, Strickland's a wicked talent. Even when he was competing at 170, uh, his losses are to Usman, Pancho, uh, and uh, Zaleski Dos Santos. So uh, two top 10, uh, UFC champion, a top 10 guy, and a guy who's probably top 15, top 20. So no shame in that. He's an absurd talent. Now that he doesn't have to worry about a weight cut, assuming he stays at 185, I mean, this might, be, this might be the best form we see of him. This might be a real contender. I did have a little bit of trouble with this one. Um, if only because I think we always do with, with when we're trying to uh, match up with top 15 middleweights. There's just so many veterans in there. guys, c- Veterans, high-ranking guys coming off of losses. So it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, so I got creative. I kind of want to see him rematch Tom Breeze. Uh They fought at UFC 199 in June 2016. Strickland won by split decision. And I do recall it being a, a fairly close fight. Not like super controversial, but definitely a close fight. Def- definitely one that, that if it had gone the other way, wouldn't have, been, uh, wouldn't have caused much of an uproar. So now they're both at middleweight. So uh, no weight cut to worry about. Both guys uh, looking good, looking good after a long layoffs. so there's a little storyline similarity there as well. <clears throat> I'd like to see those two run it back. I'd like to see Bree, Breeze and Strickland run it back.
3: Yeah, he's on my list. Um, popular answer I saw on Twitter was Omari Akhmedov, ranked number 12 mm-hmm. at middleweight. I actually love that idea. I think that's my top choice. You know, Akhmedov's coming off the, the really close loss to Chris Weidman, who's it was even going into the third round and then Weidman, you know, used that championship gusto and, and was able to win that third round. That's a great fight. The problem is kind of like you said, he's he's just tough to matchmake for because beating Brendan Allen earns you a top 15 matchup since I had Brendan where I had him in like my own mental rankings. But uh, I think I'm made up is a great option. If not, if you want to give him someone like a Tom Breeze, that rematch, I like that one. Andrew Sanchez is a fun idea as well. I mean, it's a little bit of a step back, for being honest, but it, it, in terms of entertaining matchups and keeping him relevant and giving him some fun, I like all of those ideas. But if they can book, book him Achmed off and he can beat him, now we're cooking with fire here and you can start throwing him into these, you know, wideman matchups and, and guys like that because, you know, when you're active and you're winning fights and you're running them off, bang, 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 like like he seems to be doing right now. That boosts your That boosts your popularity up pretty quickly. So, what a what a return for for Sean Strickland. Any other uh, names on your list, AK?
4: No, don't, no, the only thing I wanted to mention was: uh, Do we know? We still don't know exactly why Akhmadov withdrew. Right? It was just withdraw undisclosed reasons. I think. Right? We don't know if it's an injury or illness or. Yeah,
3: I don't. We don't know, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay,
4: so so that's the only thing is, is we don't know when he'll be back. Uh, we, again, if it's just an illness, who knows? Could be ready to be booked this, you know, for uh, for this week. Who knows? Uh, but if it's an injury, it could be longer. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a sensible name. But What's the fun in sensible though? Yeah, we don't do sensible here.
3: I mean, sure. I say consider- that, and I'm, I'm sure. Strickland said he wants to take a little bit of time off, actually get a full training camp. I think after two wins in two weeks, he probably deserves something like that. So even if you book that in like January, February, that's that's fine. That that would work. Uh, here's an interesting one: Corey McKenna, successful UFC debut, really fun fight with Kay Hansen. There's uh there's some folks out there who think that both of these ladies should have got the fight of the night over Felder and RDA and. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you if you feel that way because that was a super fun fight. Both of them were. I thought Kay Hansen won. I gave her all three rounds, honestly. But like when you look at 30 on Twitter, you immediately just think like, oh, this is a blowout. She won all three rounds. But these were super, super close rounds. This is not a robbery. I actually went back and watched the fight again this morning. I did think Kay won even on the second viewing. Either way, McKenna impressed me a lot. Even if she lost that fight, even if the judges scored it against her, I, would, I was walking away from that being like, damn, Corey McKenna is, is legit. She showed me something, AK. And you probably will not agree with this pick, but I want to see where she is at. I could see the I'm look in your myself. eye already.
4: Embracing myself.
3: And to do so, AK, I'd like to see her go up against a veteran. Someone who competed on Saturday night in a losing effort. I don't think the UFC is out of the random Marcos business just yet, AK. She has done them a lot of favors recently. She fought Mackenzie Dern. Stepped in as a short notice replacement for Paige Van Zandt in March against Amanda Hibas. Stepped in on super short notice, less about a week's notice. Traveled all the way to Singapore to fight Ashley Yoder. Won that fight. I think she's going to get another shot because she has been so giving to the UFC. There's a short notice fight needs to be had? Doesn't matter who it is. She says yes. So let's see where Corey McKenna is, okay? Let's see where she's at. McKenna versus Marcos. I think that is the perfect matchup to make at this point. What do you think?
4: I hate it. (laughs) You're going to hate it. I'm allowed to say, look, Mike, we're best friends. Nothing's going to change that, all right? But sometimes best friends have to be real with another. I hate it. (laughs) I just don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do with her. Oh, see, I, I agree. I had to get creative. I'm not going to lie. I hit a wall here. Uh, I hit a wall, but once I figured out the solution, I it was like a breath of fresh air and it was, seemed so obvious to me. But uh, first I'll say, Marcos, by the way, her next fight will be her 17th UFC fight. McKenna is, has one UFC fight. Co- Why, are you do- Why are you doing this to McKenna? Why are you doing this to poor Randa Marcos? Possibly having to take a loss to a to a, a 1-0. A, a 14-year-old, first of all, being thrown into the cage. I thought that was illegal, but uh, apparently... <laughs> My goodness, uh, uh baby, fa- the, the new, the new assassin baby, uh, Corey McKenna. You can give her that nickname. She's the Hobbit. She's uh, Poppins, according to uh, Uriah Faber, and I'll, I'll call her now the, 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 the women's version of the assassin baby because, uh, yeah, man, she looked like she, look, she looked like a kid, and I guess she is a kid. She's 21 years old. Uh, I, I don't like it. So I had to, but you're right. It's, it's difficult. There's uh, straw weight is not the deepest division. So if uh, you essentially have a lot of veterans. Mixed in with, with newcomers. That's it. There's really no, there's almost no middle ground of like kind of mid tier people. It's veterans and people who are just uh, getting, or 1 0, 2 0. So we have to go to the contender series. Uh, and I'm going to go, there's probably a bunch of names we can pick, but I'm going to go with someone who just won, just had an impressive knockout Luana Pinheiro, who just had a win. I think it was the most recent episode, so this has been last week. Uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking for McKenna. Uh, Emily Whitmire was another name to consider if you want to go a little more experienced, but. She's coming off two straight losses. She might need someone. Maybe she should fight for ciphers I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm going contender series. Got to get creative. Uh, Brazilian fighter. Luana Pinheiro. Why? Let's, let's take it slow. Let's
3: take it slow. Boy, that's a tough matchup for McKenna.
4: Maybe. I thought Hanson was, too. Uh, and uh, so did the oddsmakers. We said we said on the previous show, it was crazy that Hanson was, like, I think almost a two-to-one favorite. Like, minus one. We said that was crazy. Hanson's really good. But at this stage, when you're talking about two 21-year-old 20 year fighters... With, I, I would say similar levels of experience. Hanson has fought better names. I thought that was so crazy that she was a two to almost two to one favorite. That was too much.
3: Yeah, I mean, I like I like the Pinera idea. I think I think, ugh. I don't know. I think I, I think they're gonna throw Pinera closer to the top fifteen. Right off I've got the bat, a, I've got a tease for
4: you. Uh, th- there's a reader suggestion I know you're really gonna like from McKenna. So, but that's just a tease. All right, okay. And I think it's, I think it's better than both. Honestly, when I saw it, I'm like. I, I think it's better than now. I think it's better than both of our picks.
3: Yeah, it's funny because like you almost forgot that she fought Kay Hansen because you're immediately mm. I immediately was like, oh, she could fight Kay Hansen. I'm like, oh crap, she just beat Kay Hansen. <laughs> she <so."> just it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she can't fight Ginyu Fry because Ginyu Fry is coming off back to back losses. You have to give her some sort of a step up. You have to give her something. I don't know if throwing her. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Honestly, that's why I liked the Marcos idea because. Let's be honest, I know it's McKenna's second UFC fight and Marcos has been in the UFC and so lo- for so long and doing all that stuff. I think McKenna beats Brandon Marcos right now. I think she beats her. Yeah, I don't wanna see that. Yeah, I think she beats her. <laughs> I but, don't wanna see that, Mike. But you have oh. to like but what are you gonna do with Brandon Marcos? Like you have to give her something. You gotta give her some some kind of a fight. If you're gonna keep her around, you gotta she's get, that's her position. She, you have to use her to put other fighters over at this point, or you know, we'll see if Marcos can Marcos can surprise some people too, so that's why I kind of I think it's intriguing. I don't, I'm not happy about it. I'm not Marina, happy with the
4: pick. Marina Rodriguez rematch? I don't know. Oh, there's your free, God. there's your free wild card pick, uh, bonus wild card pick. I don't know, Marina. Marina Rodriguez. Rodriguez? Oh my
3: gosh. <laughs> I got nothing. You're you're sad about having to fight Corey McKenna, but you want to throw her in there with Marina Rodriguez? Are you insane? I didn't insane? say I, had, I didn't say I had all the answers.
4: <laughs> I didn't say I had all the answers. That was A draw. They fought to a draw. Let me run that one back.
3: So let us head to uh, everyone's favorite segment. I think we segued into this perfectly. The wild card round where we choose a fighter we have not match made for yet from Saturday's card, and we'll do it right now. And Mr. A.K. Lee, kind of slim pickings from this card, is it not? What is your, uh, your UFC Vegas 14 wild card pick?
4: Uh listen with the quick hits first. Of course, first, I want to say to Lee Smoka, Eric Anders, uh, guys who missed weight, and then it, it seems fell ill, and uh, Anders was, was hospitalized. Get well soon, guys. I don't know what the issue was, but uh, I know a lot of people want to pile on them for missing weight, and they should be embarrassed. and they should be, you know, it is disappointing, but health health comes first, right? So um, hopefully you guys get that sorted out. Geraldo De Freitas, hey, maybe less grappling next time. Maybe don't initiate the grappling when you're being out wrestled by uh, by Tony Gravely. That's a little bit of an odd strategy. Um and uh Reece McKee, you look, you know, we don't encourage extreme I just said I just said to smoke on Anders about weight cutting. We don't encourage extreme weight cutting. But McKee has fought at 155 before. I'm just saying if it's possible, maybe look into it. Maybe look back into going down to 155. Though he looks he looks really big. <laughs> I'm actually I was actually surprised he fought at 155 before. But it wasn't that long ago, so. <laughs> My pick is uh, Brendan Allen. I do want to see... I uh, was trying to figure out what's next for Brendan Allen. Because as we said, he was ranked, you know? And then suddenly, uh, take, he had the fight he wanted in Ian Heinish, right? A fight that... that, that a perfect matchup for him. It, it would have kept it kept him cruising up the rankings. And, and it just keeps falling through, you know? So I, I think, unfortunately, the ship may have sailed on that one. I think it could happen in the future. But I think you kind of give it the... Let's, let's wait and see. Let's get Heinish's COVID-19 situation sorted out. Whatever it is that keeps happening with him and his team. Uh, so... I think we mentioned this guy, but not from Brendan Allen on the on the post-fight show. Uh, Shabazzian. Edmund Shabazzian. They're, they're both coming off losses. They're both prospects. That's not a, a fight that a lot, a lot of people like to see, uh, two prospects coming off losses getting faced, put up against each other. I normally say, oh, prospect off a loss, kind of gave him a winnable fight to get back on track. But screw that. Screw that. Both of them are super talented. I think they can afford a two-fight losing streak. It's not going to be the end of their careers and 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 I, and I and I'd, I'd like to see them lock horns. Uh Shabazzian, like we said is kind of uh, occupied with some political things, I think some uh, some social concerns that he's he's prioritizing so that's fine. Uh, but whenever he's ready to fight again, Brendan Allen,
3: let's let's give it a go. Interesting. <clears throat> I feel like I always go with Bantam weights in these situations and gosh darn it mm. AK. let's let's stick with 135. You mentioned Tony sure. You mentioned Tony Gravley. set a yeah. nice start to his UFC career. I mean, he fought Freaking Brett Johns in his UFC debut and gave that man some problems. He did get submitted in the third round, but it was a great fight. Got a fight in night bonus. And then, uh, you know, that's that's just a really tough debut fight and he had a pretty good showing and a losing effort. And on Saturday, takes on a really difficult test in Geraldo DeFreitas and he did it on the ground. Seven takedowns. Wasn't scared of the submissions of DeFreitas. Wasn't scared of anything. And, uh, that is a quality win right there at 135 pounds. So, I would like to see how he stacks up against another really good wrestler, a guy who can bang on the feet, a man coming off his first finish in the UFC, a battle between two of the best gyms in the sport, ATT versus Fortis MMA. Give me Tony Gravely versus Miles Johns. That sounds like the kind of fight where the pace would just be ridiculous, and I would like to see how that plays out. That is my wild card pick, AK. That feels like one of those fights that
4: we should have seen already on the regional scene, doesn't it? Like, right. I feel like Gravely, right? It's just, it's that's such a core curve of a fight. Uh, yeah, I love Gravely's performance. Um, I, 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 the only reason I didn't pick him is, again, he's in that range where it's just, there's, I feel like there's 20 guys. We say this every week. I'm going to keep saying it. There's just no bad matchups at 135. Uh, and Gravely could match up with a number of guys in his range. But uh, Miles John's a good one. Yeah, I love it. Love it.
3: Let us go to our wonderful listeners and readers. I actually, I'm actually like,
4: I've introduced, I just introduced a new segment to our show. Oh. It's a new segment I call Check the Tapes for, uh, to give our, <laughs> to give ourselves guy, sorry, I thought It's very unprofessional to me. I did not, because I, I wanted to surprise Mike. I did not spring this on him before. So this this first edition is going to be a little, a little rough, uh, but I wanted to give ourselves a little pat on the back for, I think, some of the matchups that we have at least mentioned on the show. I don't know if we necessarily picked them as our number one choice, but I feel like we've mentioned some of these. Okay. So I'm just looking back through some of the fights announced this week. Uh this one i wish well the first one I'm i start with one i wish i wish i'd i'd i picked uh nate land where i'm Evloev. that's on december 5th so sorry that does not count uh i'm gonna find one hold on give me a second here <laughs> <laughs> I, this is to a great start. no no two two i know we definitely did uh ovarim and alexander Volkov. i'm sure we mentioned it i'm sure a lot of people mentioned it yeah I don't know how much how much credit we can give ourselves for that uh but one that and another one i guess i don't know how much we can give credit credit we can give ourselves for this one either because it kind of was supposed to happen a long time ago but i know it's one we definitely definitely called out uh as his best choice carlos condit matt brown finally fingers crossed january 30th uh this fight will happen so guys sometimes we know what we're talking about okay um sometimes we know what we're talking about so there we go uh not not the most thrilling uh first check the tapes ever but i'm just telling people go look look at some previous episodes i probably missed some matchups
3: that we mentioned and that were announced. So I'm probably yes. not giving us enough credit, Mike. You are missing them. How about. Go ahead. Go ahead. How about Marab DeWallech versus Hayoni Barcelos? Ah, uh, yes. Yes.
4: Uh, yes. I'm sorry. I was only looking at ones announced in the last few days. That must have been last weekend. That was Friday. Was that was last weekend. Friday. That got this... announced
3: on Friday. Third, yeah, it got announced on Friday. Dude, oh, we confirmed it, it
4: on Friday. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm, I'm, I I got it. Oh, OK. I know why I'm looking. I'm looking at the morning report and there's no morning report Saturday for uh, so to recap Friday's fight announcements. So so uh, my bad. I'll be a little more better pair next time. But yes, that is our crown jewel. The Barcelos uh, Vili fight. That fight is going to be amazing. And uh, people, you can sprinkle a little credit in our direction because I feel like we may have made that happen.
3: Um, I, I, let me let me just think we have two light heavyweight fights that have been announced over the last few weeks. Uh, that were both suggestions mm-hmm. on the show. Tiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic is one of them yes so that was kind of obvious right. but the other one yeah. i'm taking all the credit for A.K. and you hate it dominic reyes versus yuri perhaska that was oh, on yeah. to the next one mike heck exclusive and now it's headlining that's a perfect it? fight perfect
4: so check the tapes people he call <laughs> he did call for that fight check the tapes our new segment a little rocky to start but i'll again like I said, i'll said, i have the, a little more organized next time all right sounds good
3: but uh what do what the what do the listeners and readers uh have to suggest this week Oh, I just said Mike it's a little bit slim
4: picking. So when we, even even when we solicited for choices from our uh, from the MMA fighting accounts, not a lot of not a, 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 a huge swell of interest on this card, but some very good suggestions. So one of them, I want to know what was next for Kanaka Murata, a fighter who we haven't even mentioned yet on the show. Very good UFC debut, um, and uh, uh, from Rizzo. Uh, at Resard Resard IP on Twitter, he likes the winner of Angela Hill Tisha Torres, uh, which is something that came to me as well. Mainly because <laughs> I think we said we talked about Murata is just jacked. I mean, we we're talking about uh, physiques. So if, if Tisha Torres gets past Angela Hill, we're talking about two two of the best physiques in the UFC going at uh, going at uh, I think they would be a really competitive fight. And uh, I know Murata's only one and zero in the UFC, but she has experience, high level experience before coming to the show. So I have no problem with that. For Sean Strickland, a number of good suggestions. Uh, sorry, let me draw these up real quick. Some of which I think we've, we've kind of discussed, but um, he's, he's, he's generating some buzz. His fights have been exciting. Uh, people like his story. Uh, our boy, Big Marcel24 on Twitter, uh, our Mario Mc- he agrees. Ekmedov. Andrew Nally, who I think is someone who tunes into our shows as well. The loser of Kevin Holland, Jack
3: Hermanson. What do you think of that one? I think if Holland loses, I like that matchup. If Hermanson loses, uh, I don't know. Interesting. I think I think if Holland loses, that's that's a great matchup.
4: At box your ears off on Twitter. I don't know where this is coming from, but I guess it has to be mentioned. Yoel Romero. I saw that one. No way, right? That's insane. <laughs> oh yeah, this is coming off your uh, your your tweet. And then uh, a matchup I like. Uh, this guy's booked, but I do think this would have made a lot of sense if he wasn't uh, someone else. From uh, at perplexed by that on Twitter. Brad Tavares, who's fighting, uh, who's fighting fellow gatekeeper, a uh, uh, shoeface Antonio Carlos Jr. Right. I think in jan- in January. So, but yeah, Brad Tavares, I think would have also been a good choice. I think the winner of that is going to get, I, I, and actually, the winner or loser of that, I actually also kind of like for Brendan Allen. So, um, so we'll see. I think we'll see one of those guys, Brad Tavares or Shoeface, uh, matched up soon. Some good good options there. Chaos's knockout did not draw uh, a lot of picks, so we only had one person at Megawatt Mayhem. Who suggested no one is going to want to fight him next <laughs> after that knockout? So kind of, kind of the Joaquin Buckley problem. Um, so yeah, some some good Twitter suggestions there. Uh, so we've got emails, we've got email, we've got Twitter, uh, uh, some DMs, which I'll, I'll go back to Twitter in a second, and then uh, a new a, a, a new viewer sliding into uh, sliding into the DMs on Instagram. So Sweet. yeah, so let's let me get your thoughts on some of these, Mike. Uh, I think one of these we shot down. So Tristan Gordet, regular viewer, uh, he regular viewer, regular listener. the one of them, his that jumped out to me. He liked. Chaos. Uh, he mentioned this on the show. I think we were against it. Chaos and Rachmanov, but we didn't like that, did we? I
3: I don't like that at all. I, I, I it's 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 an interesting fight. Mm-hmm. That is like that is a fight between two guys. I mean, that is a prospect killer kind of a fight. Like sure. no, only one guy is going to propel themselves from that. Like it's not one of those fights where like they're just going to beat the snot out of each other and they're going to have a fight of the night and have this great war and both guys stocks are going to rise despite who wins or loses like either chaos is getting submitted or rockmanov's getting knocked out very quickly like that's how that fight goes and one of these guys is just going to get the, the the momentum halted very quickly i want to see what would happen there and by the way why is Rachmanoff not getting a lot of hype right now like of of, of chaos Hamzat Shemaev, like, Rachmanov isn't even talked about at all. Like, I'm glad that Tristan Gordet mentioned the name just so we can mm. talk about him. But yeah. the guy goes out there in his UFC debut on short notice and submits Alex Oliveira in the first round. That is the most impressive win out of any of these guys. And nobody's talking about Rachmanov. So, I would like to see Rachmanov get an opportunity like that because Chaos has some buzz. And Rachmanov would have the opportunity to steal some of that buzz so people can actually talk about him. But... I don't want to do that right now. I would give Rachman off somebody else, like somebody close to the top 15. I would put him in a better position than than I would put Chaos Williams right now.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Tw- tw- 26 years old, 13-0. Uh, like you said, just be cal- uh, Brazilian cowboy and of a around. So for me, he has more, <clears throat> and this is a phrase I want to introduce in the lexicon, more matchup currency than uh, than Chaos Williams has right now. And yes, yeah, should be lobbying for a top 20, top 15 fight. Um, so thank you, Tristan. Uh, we Let me check my DMs here. I just got a DM regarding something else. Uh, another, so a couple of other regular listeners, Harry Lipsky, he likes uh, he likes Olivera. RDA Oliveira, uh, Strickland versus Heinisch or Gastelum. Yes, well they are fighting. So the winner winner of that or the loser yes. of that maybe? Yeah, yeah, and I think like Gastelum, we keep saying like that'd be crazy if Gastelum lost on a five fight losing streak because he definitely not getting cut. You know he's because he keeps getting tough fights.
3: Um, Sean, yeah, Str- I- Sean Strickland should be fighting Chris Weidman. Like he should be fighting him. Like that is the absolute fight to make. Yeah. But nobody cares. Like Weidman just is just in this position. I mean, he makes so much money. He's a former champion. It's hard to justify that fight. But again, you put Weidman in there with Omari Akhmadov. Why not throw him in there with Sean Strickland? Weidman wants more. But if you're if you're doing this like the right way, that's the fight to make. But I, unfortunately, just. I don't know. I don't think that jazzes people up enough. I think some people like hardcore yeah. would be like, ooh, like I like that one. That's interesting. But I don't know if Wideman's going to see that name in the contract and be like, ooh, let me get my pen. You know?
4: Yeah. Uh, another another reader, Marcus McGay, he suggested Strickland Jotko. But I don't know. Jotko's kind of a weird guy. He's kind, of, he's kind of one of those veteran names who I think when you're coming off a couple of wins, he's just not – he's kind of you want to skip over, um, fair or not. Because he's a really tough matchup, and he's the kind of guy he's he's kind of, he's a spoiler, you know he's he's definitely a spoiler in the division. So I don't know about that. So this is, again from Marcus McGee uh, he likes Chaos Williams. He also liked the Baeza Sato winner, also Daniel Rodriguez Dalby winner, which was one of my choices. Uh, also something I considered. I would friggin love that. Um, that's that fight. By the way, is going to be sick. Yes. Um, McGee also likes McKenna Yoder. He likes matching up winners with winners, and um, he says, "How about marata Lavinia?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I think that's logical. Former Invicta champions. I think Lavinia is fighting Mallory Martin. Oh, she... oh you're correct. Yes, she is. Yeah, that's another reason I couldn't pick. I think because Mallory Martin, I think I wanted for McKenna. It was one of the things I wanted for McKenna. And then uh, you're right, she's already booked. So, thank you, Marcus Magee. And then on the on the Instagram, what's short? What do the kids say? Short Insta. You have a kid. Your kids on Instagram all the time, right? The IG. The IG. oh, of course, the IG is so obvious. Uh, Jacob Best on—he's uh, this is a second time contributing to the show. He likes Felder. Oh no, so he <laughs> suggests, no, he suggested Felder versus Anthony Pettis. That's not going to happen. They're buddies. That's no, they're yeah. buddies, training partners. That's not going to happen. Um, and he likes Strickland Weidman. So yes, the, the Strick, so the Strickland Weidman is out there. People, the people are talking about it, Mike. The people are talking about it. I don't know if that's, <clears throat> pardon me, I don't know if that's the fight he gets. But if that fight it gets booked. I don't think we'd be too use I think we can. Like, yeah, it it it's reasonable, and, and and people are people are thinking about it. And lastly, I think this is my last one. Yes, from, oh uh, sorry, let me go to Twitter for a second. I want to mention uh, one of our another one of our longtime listeners uh, I, at Mighty Magic Mart. Strickland versus either Vittori or Jacare. Loser, is that fight still happening? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. What do you think about that?
3: It's good. It's a good option. Would you prefer one over the other, Vittori or Jacare for him? I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting because, like, Jacare is the bigger name than Marvin Vittori, but not as big as you would think. Like, if this is like, two or three years ago, like, Strickland getting a Jacare fight would just be, like, massive. It'd be huge for him. Now, I don't know. Not so much. I mean, if Jacare goes out there and beats Marvin Vittori and does it handily, that's something to look forward to. But, yeah, I think... I think that's fine.
4: i will go back to the IG DMs. Uh, Jay Steiner coming in with their first entry, coming in hot. Okay, brother. Some some good some good suggestions which have already been mentioned. And McKenna, this is the one I I'm I'm actually still just in you that you didn't think of this. McKenna versus Cheyenne Bays.
3: Is Bayes a 115er or a 25er? Oh crap. That's, that's that that that's I th- a good question. <laughs> oh, I thought I was
4: I thought Chase had had the answer. Hold on, guys, we're all we're all we're in the, the Google machine here, looking this up real quick. That's a good. You're no, right. She good is, point. No, she is. she's a strawweight. Okay, so okay. I, I feel like we've been crap. i stumped. I'm, that's stumped the one. The that's the fight. Right. I, I I had not thought of that. She had she had a great interview on uh, on uh, what the heck recently, of course. Uh, yeah, and I think experience wise, like you said, is is a little bit closer than Piniero. I think Piniero is a killer. Uh, and I don't. You know, that might be a little too much too soon for McKenna. Uh, and if we're going again away from a veteran like Marcos Bayes, how, how did we not think of that? Cheyenne Baze. So, I thought she was uh, a
3: 25er for some reason. I, I don't know. I because I, I, I thought Bayes is like I, one of the first names guessing. that popped in my head, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think she's a strawweight though. But turns out I'm wrong. And so, you know what? Who is this? What is this gentleman's name? Jace Steiner. Jace Steiner. You have changed my mind completely. Random Marcos oh, wow. off the table. Whoa. Cheyenne Bayes in. McKenna Whoa. v Bayes. Let's do it. Can we do that? Can we? I'm, I'm doing it. Oh, I'm oh doing it.
4: You know what? I'm introducing new segments on the show live. So. <laughs> but that definitely the reader pick of the week. Very sure. solid. Very very solid pick. And he also had another funny one. He said he wants to see Rocky Martinez cut to lightweight, a light heavyweight. No, let the man <laughs> eat.
3: Stop it. Let the man eat.
4: But uh, thank you, Jay Steiner. Yeah, so there you go. Great reader picks this week, guys. Awesome, awesome contributions. Uh, Always great to listen to.
3: Yes, keep them coming. That's like half the show now. So keep bringing them in and we'll keep talking about them. And listen, if you're listening to this on Sunday or Monday or whenever during the week, keep those suggestions coming, all right? Hit us up on the Twitter. AK is at Alexander K. Lee. I am at Heck underscore JR. Join us once again next week as we discuss the fallout regarding the notable names coming out of UFC 255. The November pay-per-view is going down. Really fun card. I know it's not the biggest, sexiest names in the world, but there are some good freaking fights on this card. Of course, both flyaway titles are on the line. Davis Afeguato makes his first title defense against Alex Perez in the main event. Valentina Shevchenko defends her title against Jennifer Maya. Main card also has... Mike Perry versus Tim Means, Shogun Hua versus Paul Craig, Cynthia Calvillo versus Caitlin Jukagan. Prelims has freaking Brandon on Brandon. Moreno versus Roy Vell. In my opinion, this is the best fight on the entire card. It is a really solid event. Don't let don't be that negative, Nancy. Don't let the fact that like Conor and John Jones are under this card sway you. This will be a lot of fun. This will you know what? This will be a UFC 199 esque. I'm making a prediction right now. This is one of those cards where you you might skip it. You might sit there and skip it. But if you do, you're going to regret it. It's going to be one of those cards that whoever bought it, whoever bought it is going to be happy they did. And those who did, not are going to be like, damn it. damn it. Damn it. Damn it. I should have bought this card.
4: <laughs> I, always, I always love, Mike, when we end our shows on a
3: threat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, always the, that's always the note I want to go out on. It's the kindest threat, though. I didn't say okay. I was like, go to your house. No, I'm saying, it's, helpful. it's a helpful threat. I'm trying to help you, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't be that guy that's like, "Ah, oh, crap, I should have bought this pay-per-view. I knew I should have. I was on the fence. Don't be that person. It's going to be really good. Uh, It'll be a fun one. We'll talk all about it next week with all of you guys. For now, we are out of time. For Alex Cayley, I am Mike Heck. Always remember, don't take this too seriously. Even my idle threats. MMA is supposed to be fun. We will see you next week right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.